I just really wanted to get into fitness. I don't want anyone to think that because of their disability that they have to sit on the sidelines or that that's the reality of it. Because fitness, I believe, is for everybody, no matter your ability. What different workout machines work on or like tell you what is there actually at the gym. At most gyms, they have like a one day type thing where they're like, oh, you can have a personal trainer for a day and they can show you around the gym and you know tell you about different exercises and you can utilize that and have them describe different things for you. I was always very fortunate to have very supportive teammates. If I ever had questions about like placement, cause like with cheerleading, placement is really important, especially with all-stars, clapping and yelling, that kind of thing. Recognizing the extreme barriers that people with disabilities face when it comes to fitness and recreation. Hey everyone, and welcome to the NABS Now podcast. I'm your host, Nina, and today we are going to be talking all about accessible fitness. So joining me today, we have three very special guests, Megan Hale, Josh Alakani, and Katie Olson. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the NABS Now podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Blind Students, a proud division of the National Federation of the Blind. So my name is Megan Hale. Um, I am a second year student at Hudson Valley Community College in Troy, New York. My degree is in physical education and I'm planning to transfer to SUNY Brockport, which is in Rochester, New York, and get my master's in adapted physical education. So this might seem super obvious, but why is physical fitness important to you? And when did it start being so important? So I grew up, like most blind individuals, on the sidelines. I love sports and everything, but a lot of the times in gym class, they were like, oh, you're going to get hurt or anything like that. And at the time, it made sense. I don't, I don't want to get hit with a dodgeball. I'm okay with that. I found Camp Abilities, which is a week-long overnight sports camp for kids and teens who are blind and deafblind. <laughs> it was Camp Abilities Saratoga. They just opened my eyes to sports because I was, I thought I was supposed to sit on the sidelines and like, you know, it was normal to do that. And then they brought in all these other athletes and like some of the coaches did sports and you know, you heard stories about the athletes who did Paralympic stuff and I'm like, what? So I, I joined the track team as an eighth grader, the high school level track team as an eighth grader and continued that until my senior year of high school. And then I took a break my senior year and then I picked it up again at Hudson Valley. I, I just really wanted to get into fitness because I didn't, I don't want anyone to think that because of their disability that they have to sit on the sidelines or that that's the reality of it. Because fitness, I believe, is for everybody, no matter your ability. So I know that you were on a track team for a number of years in high school, and now you picked it back up again. Can you talk a little bit about how you made that accessible? I know a lot of students would be really nervous about joining a team and nervous about any modifications they might have to make. Sure. So I'm primarily a thrower, which means I throw shot put and discus. I did sprints at the time, and I still do sprints but not as much, mostly throwing. 
usually what I would do is I, for throwing, I would have either the coach or another athlete kind of position for practice. They would position my body the way it's supposed to look, or I would feel their foot or anything like that to figure out which way it's supposed to go. I would also, during meets, I got approved to use a beeper out in the field so I knew which direction to throw in and it wasn't going out of nowhere. Some brave soul went out there and held the beeper for me. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then for the sprints, my dad um, actually helped me adapt this. We went to Home Depot when we got a huge spool of nylon orange rope and we took some stuff from a smaller guide wire kit that I got and we stretched the rope from the a little ways at the start line and then a little ways past the finish line so I had some leeway to slow down and I attached a carabine to the rope and had another rope that I put in between my fingers so I could hold on to it and go down. And I had several people who were on the track team go through and they held up their rope so it wouldn't sag as I went down. That's actually really ingenious. So obviously <laughs> you like to run. Can you share a little bit about your story as a part of a running guide team? So with track, there's obviously a running component. And there was those times when the throwers had to run. Haha, <laughs> a thrower running. Um, <laughs> we don't run. We're made for throwing. But I really didn't want to be a burden on anyone. I kind of felt that way, like, okay, you have to run with Megan. You know, you have to do this. And I really wasn't a fan of that. I wanted just to be able to do it on my own and not have anybody baby me. When I got to the point of getting a guide dog, I applied for Guiding Eyes for the Blinds Running Guides program. And I'm like, you know, I want to do track with my dog. I want to run with him for practices or any, anything like that. And they're like, okay. So I, I got Hero. We weren't able to run at the Guiding Eyes facility just because I was a first-time user. And it took some time for us to get used to each other. But I think it was a year later we had our bond complete and well, we were a official guiding eyes running guides team so i want to go out for a walk and i'm like you know let's jog up the road you know i can do that with him and you know if i want to say hey let's go do a 5k i can i can do that with him or anything like that it, it can be just a spur of the moment thing i don't have to contact anyone I don't have to do any of that, it's, and it's really nice to do that. So we touched on this a little bit already, but are there any other barriers that you can think of that you have experienced when it comes to physical fitness? Or how do you deal with the misconceptions of other people when it comes to blind people being active? That's a lot of big thing that I'm finding in my major because it's <clears throat> so new, the idea of somebody being blind as a physical education teacher what it's very I don't want to say challenging but it has its barriers where professors are like okay they really want you to want me to get into it but they don't want me to get hurt at the same time um, and then I, I just do it with whether it be boxing or 
um, lifting heavier weights, they might put it at 20 pounds, I'll put it at 200 or something like that. And they're just, they just realize over time that I'm just like everybody else. I just can't, I just can't see. A lot of students are very unsure about becoming physically active or joining a team. What advice do you have for them to start out? Um, I would just say that if you have anybody to do it with, a friend or a family member, it sometimes makes it a bit easier. Um, when I joined the track team in eighth grade, I had some friends already um, that I knew of. Um, but I didn't really, I wasn't really close friends. And as time went on, it was like, we kind of became a quick family and everyone was very supportive and everything. So that would help to at least in the beginning, have someone at least that you know, or that you're a friend with or family. And that might help you acclimate a bit better. Because then I, when I joined it in college, I knew no one. And college always changes. There's people graduating, people transferring. So it's not always the same people like it is in high school. So I think if I didn't either know someone previously or join in with a friend, I don't think I would have felt as comfortable with it. Hey everyone, this is Joshua Lacani. I'm originally from Lawrenceville, Georgia. I play goalball, and I am currently president of Georgia Association of Blind Students. Can you describe your experience with athletics and sports as a student? So if we're talking about sports other than goalball, those experiences actually weren't the best because I would play sports like basketball, volleyball, like when I was a kid and PE. And obviously, like as a blind individual like it kind of makes it harder and on top of that being like tall people people expect you to do amazing things on the things on the court like dunk the ball or spike the ball but no like in my case when people would pass me the ball they're like here's josh here's the ball and the ball would move too quickly for my eyes to keep up with and i would just get hit in the face or the ball would fly out of bounds and then people would do that thing they're like they're like dude you're like the tallest guy on the court you can't even like get the ball and I'm blind, but no one really believed me because at that time I didn't walk around with a cane. So it was, it was interesting at least. Can you tell your goalball story? So how did you start out and your growth as a player? So it, it essentially started out by, before I joined the NFB, I loved working out. So I would go to the gym all the time with my friends and, you know, work out. And then like a couple months later, I had gotten involved in the NFB and I had met my mentor, Jackie Anderson. Uh, she was like, wow, like, you really love working out and stuff. And I was like, yeah, like, I love it. It's one of the, the like, athletic things that I can do that's not, that doesn't require sight. Like, you can work out, lift weights, not visually. And she was like, that's not true. And I was like, wait, what, what are you talking about? And she was like, yeah, like, I, I know this guy named Coach Hal, like, down in Atlanta that, like, does different types of sports that are blind. And at this point, like my mind was blown. Prior to this point, I didn't really have much understanding of the blind world or like what different things that they offer, whether that be NFB or USABA, because like the only blind person I knew prior to this point was my brother. She, she continued telling me about like, you know, goalball and stuff. And I was like, huh, like that, that really sounds super interesting. Like, 
uh, can you get me in contact with him? And she was like, yeah, of course. So then it just went from there. I got in contact with him. Went to the intro for uh, the Atlanta team, football stuff. And like, I fell in love with the sport immediately. Cause I was like, wow, like, there's a sport that I can actually be good at. So I, I just continued playing from there. You just mentioned working out and I know a large part of sports is rigorous training and a lot of our students worry that they won't be able to keep up with their peers in that area. So how did you overcome the accessibility challenges in the gym? So, I mean, there are many different ways. Some of, some of the ones that I utilize or still do utilize is like you go with a buddy, they, they can like describe what each workout machine does or what different workout machines work on or like tell you what is there actually at the gym or like wherever your choice of workout is. At most gyms, they have like a one day type thing where they're like, oh, you can have a personal trainer for a day and they can show you around the gym and, you know, tell you about different exercises and you can utilize that and have them describe different things for you. And obviously their uh, description would probably be more way in depth than like a buddy because th that's their job. I actually have not utilized that before, but like I I've seen people who have, um, I, I usually just went with a buddy. You mentioned earlier that you were working out before you started carrying a cane and kind of got more in touch with blindness philosophy. How do you think having a better understanding of blindness philosophy has influenced you as an athlete? Honestly, just the simple fact that like, I, I don't injure myself, like, because like before I wouldn't use a cane, I wouldn't be able to see necessarily like wh where the staircases start. So I had a couple of times where I just thought the staircase was a ramp and like walked off the staircase and just fell down. So, I mean, obviously doing that as an athlete is not good because you're injuring yourself and you need to be in tip top condition whenever you're playing whatever your respective sport. And so I would just say the fact that like, you know, I could walk around confidently, confidently knowing that I won't injure myself and I can play in tip top condition for whatever sport it is that I'm playing, but in this case, it would be goalball. What advice would you give someone who is just starting to kind of work their way around the world of athletics? Try different things. Goalball might not be the sport for you, but the, there's so many others, so many other blindness sports that like you can play soccer, there's D baseball, like there's so much other stuff that you can look into. But I'll, I'll just say try it all and then see where your fit is because you know your fit might not be my fit different strokes for different folks are there any other accessibility challenges that you overcame that you didn't touch on or anything else you want to tell about your story to students like when it when it comes to like running track or running for anything right of course there's the problem of you don't know exactly where you're going depending like if it's a trail like you know you really don't know where you're going. But if it's track, it's pretty simple. Like, you stay on the track. But there, there were some times when, like, I would be running. And obviously, my peers would be, like, moving, like, with gusto because they actually know where they're going. Like, they could see the track and they could see the trail, and they're just uh, gone. But, like, in my case, you know, um, I, I didn't really utilize a guide runner up until I went to Colorado, and we ran this thing called the Six Dot Dash. And... I, like just then I, I had found out about like guide runners like prior to that point I, I didn't know that was a thing so you know I, at this point I have the guide runner being my eyes I, I could run freely knowing that like I was safe and I, I wouldn't hurt myself running
everyone. My name is Katie Olson, and I'm originally from Des Moines, Iowa. Right now, I'm currently getting my master's in counseling and teaching with an orientation and mobility certification from Louisiana Tech University. What has your experience been with sports um, as a blind person? So exercise has always been important to me and my family while I was growing up. As a child, I started getting involved with sports at a really early age. I started gymnastics when I was about two and a half, and I did that for just a couple years, and then I transitioned more into dance. So I did tap ballet and jazz from kindergarten until fourth grade. I also played basketball on my elementary school basketball team. As a third grader, that wasn't a huge success. So I decided to just kind of move on to something else that I was a little bit more passionate about. In fourth grade, I joined a recreational tumbling club that was in my hometown. And I did that for a couple years and then was able to try out for the cheer team at the same gym that I did tumbling. I did recreational cheerleading for a few months. And then when I was in fifth grade, I tried out for the all-star cheerleading team at this gym that I was attending at the time. Basically, all-star cheerleading then became like most of what I did for my fitness and exercise. So I would have practice multiple times a week and would have tumbling classes on top of that just to work on more isolated skills. As I went through middle school, I moved to a new gym that was a little bit more competitive and just a little more well-known in the area. So I started there in seventh grade and started on a level three a junior level three team and then progressed from there and by the time I was graduating I was on a senior level five team that was co-ed which was a team where I was able to go and compete at national competitions across the country. That's really cool so did you ever run into any accessibility challenges during any of the sports that you just listed and if so how did you kind of take care of that? So I would say I was always very fortunate to have very supportive teammates. If I ever had questions about like placement, because like with cheerleading, placement is really important, especially with all-stars. I also did school cheerleading. So like sideline cheerleading, which people think of as more like traditional clapping and yelling, that kind of thing. But my focus was more on all-star cheerleading, which is more on the stunting and tumbling side of it and so I would say my teammates were extremely helpful while I wasn't super open about my blindness there were some teammates that I really confided in and if I had specific questions I could ask them a lot of times it wasn't something that was very visual like you might think of it as being very visual but a lot of it is about like hand placement so I was a back base, for example, so that's the person that is on the backside of the stunt and usually is the one that like stabilizes and kind of controls the throws for the most part. A lot of it was just hand placement, like I could feel where the flyer was, I could tell like if her knee was bending just from the feeling of her ankle and just like the stability of the other base's hands. So a lot of times it was either just by touch or just muscle memory. 
So once I learned the choreography of our routines, I was able to just remember where I needed to be. I wasn't open about my blindness as a child until I went through training at LCB. So I think that if I would have been a little bit more open, I probably could have had a little more support in the areas that were difficult, but my coaches and my teammates were very supportive. And I guess like when I go to cheerleading competitions, if there were like a ton of people or since it's like a, usually in a big convention center, a lot of times it would be dark. So I didn't use a cane at the time. So that kind of was a little difficult to navigate. But again, like I had really strong relationships with my teammates. So I was able to better navigate that just based on the support that they provided. So you said that you weren't super open about your blindness when you were younger. Now that you are open um, about your blindness a little bit more, would you say that your philosophy about sports have changed and kind of what do you do now to stay fit? I wouldn't necessarily say like my philosophy of sports has changed. I guess what I've realized as I've met more blind people and I work with kids in the summer, high school students. And so I think just like recognizing the extreme barriers that people with disabilities face when it comes to fitness and recreation, not necessarily that we place on ourselves, but more like what society places on us or just like a lack of opportunities. So I would say, you know, working with students in the summer and having like a little break and you know saying all right we're gonna do 25 jumping jacks just like if they have extra energy or something like that and then noticing that some of my students like have never been taught how to do jumping jacks so I think that's kind of more how it's changed for me is just realizing that not everyone has had the opportunities that I had just because my parents were very involved in my extracurricular activities and I had really good coaches that would break things down for me and they knew that I had to maybe learn skills in a different way or like my teammates knew that I had to listen to how maybe a tumbling pass was explained rather than like watching a video or something like that. So I guess it just comes down to people taking the time to break things down and show you how to do something in the way that you learn best. And then I would say how I keep fit now, once the gyms closed during COVID, because I usually went to the gym, I have a YMCA in Des Moines that I usually went to. But once the gyms closed, I would say I tried to do a lot more outdoor recreation. So I have a tandem bike at home. So going on bike rides with friends or family was super fun and a good way to get outside and also get some exercise and socialize. So that was really good during COVID. And then a lot of times I would do like YouTube videos because I guess the transition that was hard was transitioning from coaches giving me plans like, okay, this is what we're doing for lifting today, or this is what we're doing for practice. So like, I always had a lot of structure growing up with like fitness and recreation because I did college cheerleading as well. So I just recently have been out of formalized Um, like practices I would say so just like taking that into my own hands and trying to navigate that and what my goals are for myself instead of like what my goals are on a team or what my coach's goals for me are a lot of like YouTube workouts have been fun and just exploring different types of exercise programs getting out and walking 
a lot with friends or I don't know it's been kind of a mix and match kind of thing honestly with COVID but I would say a lot of body weight stuff still so just in my apartment being able to do you know push-ups sit-ups burpees planks things like that just whatever I can do to stay fit and also things that just don't really take that much time out of my day. If you had to give one student's one piece of advice about being open to fitness or accessible athletics, what would you tell them? One piece of advice is tough. I would say set realistic goals. So I think that sometimes people have different motivation for starting a new fitness program. Identifying what you want to do and like what a realistic goal would be because your goal, even if you're doing the same program as someone else, like you're not going to have the same goal and you shouldn't have the same goal. So I think just making sure you understand what your abilities are going into the program and what you would like to get out of it. And then just starting small, starting with something that you know you can stick with. If you haven't exercised in your life and then you think you're going to do 30 minutes every single day, that might not be realistic, but maybe like twice a week to start would be a little bit more manageable. So just making sure that you're giving yourself grace and that you're able to ease yourself into it if that's what you need. Thank you so much to all of our special guests today for sharing their tips and knowledge with us. I hope that those listening really enjoyed this episode. And I think we all know a little bit better now that fitness is accessible to anyone at any level anywhere. So I hope that you all have enjoyed this episode and we'll see you next time.